Welcome to Down and Out, the sports and entertainment podcast, taking the world by storm. Dom Tibbetts alongside Evan Ryer, two sports quote-unquote professionals, giving our best shot at the world of podcasting, but we like to have fun, keep things loose, and a lot to get to today. First off, as always, shout out JD Masters and Buddha, Man in the Mirror, our intro and outro music. Folks, go show them some love, YouTube, SoundCloud, anywhere you stream music, and anywhere you stream our podcasts, like Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, you can find our boys. JD Masters and Buddha, friends of the program, friends of ours. Evan, I hope your Thanksgiving was great. We'll we'll talk about that real quick to kind of kick things off. And folks, the last episode that we recorded, if you remember, was the Thanksgiving special. And I bring that up because the amount of just whirlwind stuff between just you know the NFL slate, the college football slate, the college football coaching carousel, MLB free agency. God, there, there is no rest. There is no holiday rest for the world of sports, Evan, and that was very much evident in this last couple days. Nope. In fact, it seems like things have revved up. You know, since people were trying to, which is incredible to even think that it could at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's really been you know twenty twenty one. It's kind of it's it's almost like twenty twenty wasn't a normal sports year, and so now we're you know flipping it to the other side of the spectrum, trying to catch up with with just a bunch of bonkers news, both on, you know, in in competition, but everything outside of, you know, or surrounding the NFL or college football or baseball is crazy right now. And, you know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to start with college football. And this past weekend, I mean, before we even get into the topics we wanted to discuss, I mean, I, I, I have to bring up the Iron Bowl, right? Yeah. I mean, that we're not even going to talk that much about it. but Which sucks because that was a great game. That was like, that was literally everything an Iron Bowl should be. Yeah, it was nice to be, Alabama isn't on the side of comebacks in the Iron Bowl typically. You know, a lot of times it's, if Alabama wins the Iron Bowl, it's, you know, it could be a close game, but they're always, you know, kind of tit for tat. In this game, Alabama didn't really show up, and they still won, which, you know, feels feels good as a Bama fan. Doesn't give you a lot of optimism about the Georgia game on Saturday, but, hey, uh, you know, you, you take wins the, however you can get them. Yeah, I'd say victories while you got them. Yep, and so, uh, and, you know, I mean, beating that Cal, that, uh, Cal school across the uh, across the state is always, you know, priority number one in the regular season, so... Um, it's, uh, it was definitely nuts. I mean, I kind of gave up probably four or five different times in that game. I probably, but but Bryce Young reeled you, reeled you back in in the fourth quarter. Yeah, man. I mean, Alabama's receivers really struggled to get open throughout that game. And then they finally decided to mix things up. They got Ja'Cory Brooks, who's kind of the up and comer in that wide receiver group. They finally got him more in the mix, uh, after Jamison Williams got ejected, one of the crazy details and then that ended up making a huge deal Jaleel Billingsley made a couple big catches those guys are gonna have to step up on Saturday for Alabama to win um but I mean like I said we don't even have that much time to discuss this because Dom your LSU Tigers have a new head football coach unbelievable and it comes in the form of Notre Dame former Notre Dame head football coach Brian Kelly and I 
I, I, I have two different mixed emotions when I first heard this news, but the one I'm leaning to right now, Ev, I think is, which which isn't really what I'm seeing as kind of the popular opinion, I, I'm okay with this hire. I mean, Brian, Brian Kelly is a proven winner, has continually made... You know, the the bowl games with Notre Dame, and not just like any, but like New Year's Six Bowls, and, and has been in the national championship contention and conversation and the top 10 rankings every year that it feels like he's been there. Yes, I understand, LSU fans, that Brian Kelly coaches a Notre Dame team that plays on an independent schedule. The SEC will be rigorous because there is no easy game. It, 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 literally Vanderbilt. That's may, maybe maybe that's what you could classify it as. Every game will be a gauntlet, and I think that ended up being Coach O's demise, sadly. Which you know I still have, quite frankly, have a little bit of, of sour taste in my mouth. I think it's just I love Coach O so much. I, it's a bad breakup. You have to let it go, right? I uh, and what uh, what I've seen to counter my argument is a lot of the concern that Brian Kelly doubters have is. His ability to coach in the SEC, given his inexperience, you know, being in this a Power Five conference, as good as the SEC, and, and when you factor in the fact that the conference is expanding, including Texas and Oklahoma in the next couple of seasons, it's like, okay, is Brian Kelly going to be the guy that kind of turns things around for LSU and can quickly adjust themselves and make them perennial contenders again in what will become an even more stacked up SEC? I've also seen this thing that a lot of people are worried about is his recruiting ability. And by that, I mean his ability to walk in and impress and bring off a certain, I guess, swagger into a recruit's home and be able to connect with their families in in the Louisiana area and the southeast United States and wherever you're going out and and recruiting guys from. I, the, I, I think there is an argument that could prove that and also disapprove that. But at the end of the day, LSU fans wanted a winner, someone who's going to come in and immediately get results. It's what he did in Notre Dame. I think he's recruited well enough to keep Notre Dame relevant. So my my optimism is high. I miss you, Coach O. I love you. But I, I am very much okay and happy with Brian Kelly being there. That is my LSU piece. No, I think uh I think there's no question that this is a a a solid hire. The reason why I mean there it, the, the, the problem is, Dom, that, that you know, you're running into and LSU fans are running into is that Brian Kelly kind of has this idea of being, you know, a guy who doesn't quite get it done, right? Everybody hates Notre Dame, and Brian Kelly's been there for so long that you kind of associate the two, you know, the two together and, you know, seeing Notre Dame get their ass handed to them by Alabama or whoever in the college football playoff is, you know, adds to those jokes and, you know, not to mention, too, that, you know, Brian Kelly's, you know, if you want to talk about a very, very stark contrast in personality compared to Ed Orgeron, I mean, you couldn't probably find a more different guy, kind of. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, in a way, you know, because where Orgeron feels like he might miss a game at LSU because he was actually, like, out, like, you know, noodling catfish, like, in the river. Like, he's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, shit, my bad. Like, <laughs> Brian Kelly feels like, you know, wine and cheese. He feels like Notre Dame. He feels like all that kind of stuff. So so right. I think that's where a lot of the jokes come from. But, you know, if you look at the serious takes on this, a lot of people think that this makes sense. I mean, at least from a perspective of where LSU was at. Well, LSU needed to go hire a a, a – a, a, a big name, name. A, and, and they did. And you got to mention, you, not not saying that Notre Dame doesn't have the resources, right? But Notre Dame is an independent; it plays independent in football. 
LSU has money and resources and and the ways to recruit athletes that I think that even guys like Brian Kelly, who maybe don't bring that same Ed Ogeron swagger into a living room, is going to be able to very much compile a roster that is exceptional to what LSU fans envision as well. So he's going to have an unlimited amount of resources that are going to help him you know, take this job and kind of grab it by the reins and take control. Well, anyone that thinks that Brian Kelly isn't like a, a great football coach or at least a very good football coach needs to, one, again, check the win column. And, you know, this is a guy, again, that as an Alabama fan, I've made a ton of fun of. But, but at the end of the day, if we're being serious about this, like he is a good football coach. One, go check the win column. Two, this man had the 20, like the number two and number three recruiting classes, respectively, for 2022, 2023. This guy did that at Notre Dame where, don't get me wrong, it's not necessarily hard to recruit at Notre Dame, but you have limitations due to academic requirements, due to, you know, trying to pitch kids on, hey, mm-hmm. we have to go to mass every Sunday, and, like, you got to go. Like, all that different stuff that you have to do that comes with Notre Dame. At LSU, it's just, you know, it's every SEC school, which is, hey, man, just make sure you don't fucking miss class and, and you show up to practice and – you know, you're 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 on the team. And yeah, like, basically. And and so there's no reason to think that he shouldn't be able to at least dominate Louisiana and win a lot of you know those crucial spots in in East Texas and West Mississippi and stuff like that. That being said, it's still the SEC. You're still gonna have to be battling you know Lane Kiffin, Nick Saban, Kirby Smart. You know all these guys. It's going to be you know a very obviously tough assignment. I mean, definitely the hardest thing that Kelly's done yet. But by that same token, I, I, I genuinely feel like he, he will do fine. Now, as an Alabama fan and, you know, as someone who watches the SEC every year, do I think that that's going to necessarily translate to, you know, national titles? That's that's where things get dicey. I mean, I think I think they're definitely going to be competitive and they're definitely going to have some chances. But it's, it's, a, it's a different story to say, hey, we went undefeated in the SEC and then right. we to win the playoffs. But, I, but I, I also think any LSU fan, and myself including on this, like I, I, there, there is no part of my brain, Ev, where I'm automatically thinking that, okay, Brian Kelly's coming in. We are LSU, book it, bet the mortgage, 2022 national champions. If, if, you're, if you're an LSU fan and you think Brian Kelly is going to turn this ship around with fucking Kirby still being there and Alabama always being in that conversation it's not gonna like rome was not built in a day yeah i mean it's gonna take a look 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 how long it took for for ogeron to get there and really ogeron did that at a rapid pace and and credit to ogeron for going to the transfer market to get joe burrow from ohio state but it so yeah it, it can be done in a, in a quick turnaround but Ed Ogeron came in off the curtails of a Les Miles program that was just, you know, in shambles. So, I, I while, while there always is that chance that Brian Kelly could have that quick success that, you know, that gets all the analysts riled up as being like, oh, Brian Kelly, coach of the year, smartest decision ever. I, I'm not, definitely not assuming the fact we're going to win a national championship. I expect us to make a bowl game. I expect us to maybe win eight, nine games, but definitely not uh, an SEC contender for sure. Yeah, I mean, and and the thing is, though, is that, like you said, Orgeron recruited extremely well, uh, and that means that Kelly is walking into a program that potentially, you know, depending on what recruits he can convince to stay, you know, there's going to be talent there already. LSU was always a very talented team, even during, you know, this past year or the year before, Um, and... 
and uh and 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 not to mention too you know potentially he can drag some of those recruits over from those Notre Dame classes I mean there is there's LSU's talent level is not going to change at all and Brian Kelly was doing a pretty damn good job with Notre Dame's talent level that he was getting which was not even as good as what he was already which which you did factor which I did appreciate you bringing it up with something that I thought about last night and blanked on while talking about it was you know, Notre Dame is not the easiest place to get kids to kind of buy into. You know, it's it's, it's a much different entity and beast than it is, let's say, Alabama, LSU, etc. Yeah, uh, no question. And, uh, you know, obviously the jokes are going to fly, and, you know, he's going to take some losses that people are going to hop on. But, but you know, let's see in year two where they're at. Year two, year three, um, you know, LSU could very much be, you know, back to the status that – that they were in 2019 or, or, you know, uh, years prior. So, and I mean, you know, that was the, that was the bombshell that dropped yesterday. And obviously we had to address that first, but we, you know, still haven't talked about Lincoln Riley, which happened this past weekend. Uh, you know, on Sunday he announces that he's, or reports come out that, you know, he's, uh, he's going to USC, which, you know what, Dom makes perfect sense. Um, yeah. if I'm, if I'm Lincoln Riley, I, you know, I, I look at the Oklahoma program, which apparently a lot of the decisions to move to the SEC was not made with the coaching staff's uh, input. I mean, really, you know, a lot of it was just the boards and, and boosters just going out on their own to make that decision. You know, they, they don't really – they didn't really include him in on, in on that. He said, you know what? USC is going to pay me a buttload of money. They're giving him a private jet to use whenever he wants. 24, 24-7, and also not just for recruiting, Evan, but for family trips as well. They bought out his Norman house, $500,000 above asking price, and have bought him, bought them, I believe, one or even two houses. I'm trying to find the exact compensation. That man caught the deal of a lifetime. So absolutely you take that. And it's USC. It is the amount of, again, the amount of resources and freedom you'll have to, like, people are going to kill to have USC football relevant again. And Lincoln Riley is going to have the keys to the world's greatest Ferrari. Yeah, I mean, I truly do think, too, though, that, like, you know, there's going to be some time, you know, needed for USC to be full power again, of course. That's just how it works. But, I mean, they've got some guys, like that quarterback that they have there right now, Jackson Dart, who they're kind of doing split stuff with. I've, I I mean, I've watched a few USC games this year, and every time I watch him play, I'm like, damn, that dude's a quarterback. Like, that Mm -hmm. dude can throw the ball. And as we know, if Lincoln Riley has a quarterback, he can can go win some games. So, uh, it's, and it's, I mean, it's the Pac-12, man. I mean, they, and it's the Pac-12 South. I mean, you don't got to see Oregon except for maybe, you know, maybe you see him once once every other year or every few years or whatever. Right. But for the most part, I mean, you're playing a bunch of teams that you ought to beat. You got to are you you, you got to go beat UCLA. You got to go win your rivalry game against UCLA every year. Congratulations, you know? And obviously, and obviously as as it shows when you get a guy like Caleb Williams to come in behind a guy like Spencer Rattler, like Lincoln Riley has that fucking swagger when he steps into a living room and like you obviously he's a proven recruiter. Well, he's he's young. He he's got the more of an a USC kind of like a an LA look so to speak. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he's definitely not you know Cali uh, you know super Cali or whatever, but but he definitely is a, a, a you know a bit better. No, I I, I get I get what you're saying because of the question I'll pro, I'll pose to you that is, do you think a guy like Nick Saban's way could work at USC? I I think maybe it could, but really that's less about like 
it being like a philosophy thing and more of just Saban wins and that's just all that happens. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, he's going. Anyone that anyone that's in LA, I mean, the talent pool in California has is is not diminished in any way. It just seems that you know the major powerhouses out there haven't really you know been able to take all those five stars that they get in that in that part of the country and turn them into national championship contending teams. I mean, Oregon kind of, but not really, right? I mean, they just lost to Utah and they're out. So uh, it's it's definitely going to be you know it. it you know, there, there. I could see, you know, the USC quote unquote curse kind of continuing. You know, who knows? Maybe it just doesn't work for some reason. But if I'm a USC fan, I mean, there's no reason not to be fully bought in on, you know, going forward uh, on on this team being, you know, now a next year a Pac-12 contender, and then ensuing years, you know, you're thinking let's let's get to the playoff. Let's see what happens. Um, also, weird, interesting tidbit. There's uh, kind of some reports, not confirmed yet, but there's reports saying that Spencer Radler is going to transfer to Arizona State. Ooh, um, I that that seems so on brand for Spencer Rattler. I know, I knew he was going to the portal, but going to Arizona State, so on brand. Well, and then also you'll get to see uh, his former head coach next year if uh, if he's the starting uh, quarterback at Arizona State. So I'll, uh, I'll take I'll take Spencer Rattler to cover whatever line, whatever the line is. I'll I'll take him to cover. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> uh, and then in that same vein, I mean, Billy Napier hired by Florida. That was kind of you know something that coming into Thanksgiving was was the number one kind of name linked to yep. Florida. And uh, I think that's a, I think it's a great hire. I mean, Napier can recruit like anybody's business, and and uh, he doesn't necessarily have the profile that maybe a Kelly or Riley has, but he's but he, but he did. I mean, he had to go toe to toe in the state of Louisiana with Coach O, and obviously Louisiana football has has shown is shown for yeah. it. So yeah, and I mean, he has SEC experience. He knows the deal. I mean, he's he is not a uh, you know a, a, this is that's where Kelly's going to be interesting is that Kelly is. You know, somewhat new to, uh, you know, into that kind of area. Not that he hasn't tried recruiting down there, I'm sure, but but that you know he uh, he it, it's a little more foreign. But I mean, you know, this is Napier's a guy that has spent time at you know with with Dabo Sweeney with with uh, Nick Saban with you know all these huge names um, and and you know knows what's required. Jimbo Fisher. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. he, he's a he's a guy that you know knows the process and knows what what it takes to be a competitive you know or potentially national championship winning team. So uh, I, I I like to hire for Florida. Uh, most of my Florida family members seem to seem to be fine with it. You know, he's kind of the opposite of a Mullen too, where he's a bit quieter. He's a bit less of an asshole. Um, yeah, and uh, and so uh, credit to them. Also, fun fact about Billy Napier quarterback of the Furman Paladins who went all the way to the NCAA uh, D1 AA football championship game in 2001 only to lose to the Montana Grizz. Uh, Damn. Yeah, yeah. So fun connection there. I like um, it. That's a, that's a good one. Nice nice research, Jeff. I'm going to give thank, you a high five through the computer screen. Thank you, Wikipedia. Um, and other huge, I mean, kind of, co- co- you know, coaching hires, uh, you know, shout out to – uh, Kaylin DeBoer going from Fresno State. Me and Dom were, were talking about this. Uh, DeBoer's going from Fresno to Washington, uh, which, you know, kind of needs 
needs, I feel like that's not a bad route for them to go. They don't need to try and go get a name right now. They don't, you know, they, they've tried to kind of go the, the A-lister route in the past and, you know, things have not paid off quite like they want. So, exactly. Uh, so, you know, rebuild from the from the bottom up. And, and who knows, maybe our boy Chuck Morrell, former Montana Tech head coach, hopefully he either goes over there or he gets to stay at Fresno. He gets a happy ending either way. Um you know, also not, you know, worth mentioning that Washington State, you know, in that same vein, you know, they go put put it on the, the uh, on UW uh, this past weekend. And, you know, they had a strong finish to the season and they let uh, Jake Dickert just kind of take over full time after taking on the interim uh, job. So what seemed, uh, what's, it seemed seem like the right move. I, I, I'm, I'm all for that as well, especially when you go down and, and, and lay an ass whooping like that. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where with that kind of hire, you can test it out for a year or two, and if it just clearly isn't going to work, then you know you can say, okay, well, we move on. Um, and if it uh, if if it does uh, if it does work, then you know you got a guy for great value and a guy who knows the program extremely well. Um, the you know there's a there's a few other kind of you know big schools. Uh, Virginia Tech hired Brent Pry, who was Penn State's defensive coordinator. He used to be at uh, Virginia Tech, so that uh that's that's solid. And then I've really liked TCU hiring Sonny Dykes away from SMU. I mean SMU's been really good the past few years, and uh, TCU kind of needs to restart after the Patterson era ends. And uh, so you know I mean it's uh it's we're in full swing right now, and I feel like we may just be scratching the surface. Uh, you know, I mean, there's a there's obviously Oklahoma and Notre Dame have to hire coaches. Mm-hmm. Duke's position is open. I mean, I know Duke's not whatever, but that's a ACC job that you know could you could see a decent maybe. I, I don't know why they would hire Justin Fuente, but my man Justin Fuente is looking for a job. Um, although I think he'll probably end up somewhere like a. Louisiana or something like that. Yeah, for sure. I what J- James Franklin gets ran out of Penn State and just decides to go down to Duke. I I I, I it's it's so hard to speculate on a school like Duke because it's just like it's like really it's like it's for me it's like okay what coach wants to wants to do an, a complete rebuild you know it's right. you, you, you got you got to find the right person to take over at a program like Duke so I'll be interested in that one um I and we I, I guess we kind of pose this question is now Ev is you know for Notre Dame and Oklahoma fans who are you looking at you know first I guess is do, do they do they go big name or do they go process guy and then who are you like do you do you have any fathomable thoughts of who maybe are looking like some juicy candidates for those spots because obviously those are prime college football head coaching positions. Yeah, I mean both of those are you know top of the line. Um, that's uh, that's 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 a given. I think I think the biggest loser of the past like two days with with Oklahoma with uh, uh, Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma and Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame is actually Cincinnati. Um, you know, Luke Fickle has you know. Yeah, that's that's exactly that's exactly where my head was at. An insane job. Uh, you know, he has done like such a great job at Cincinnati, and it's I feel bad for that school because it's it's it, it, it's almost like destiny that Fickle takes the job at Notre Dame. Fickle is apparently I I didn't know this before last night when I was reading tweets about it, but Fickle is apparently a very devout Catholic. Um, he's, you know, it's, it's, he wants to be in the Midwest and that is, I mean, when it comes to Midwest jobs, Notre Dame is as big as you can get. Yeah. So uh, Urah for Notre Dame. God, I can, I can hear the Rudy soundtrack playing as you talk about him right now. It, it, it makes so, it makes so much sense. 
And so I feel bad for him, but it just seems like, man. Uh, and, you know, it's weird. I mean, obviously, that's a more match made in heaven than uh, Oklahoma, but I could even see Oklahoma saying, you know what, hey, like, Fickle will pay you more. Um, Mark Stoops is uh, signing a contact, contract extension. Like, that tweet just, like, dropped earlier this morning that uh, Stoops is the – Mark Stoops is the head coach at Kentucky. You know, they've had a pretty successful kind of stint under him. Um, it seems like he's uh, staking around in Kentucky, so he's not going to be going to Oklahoma or Notre Dame. Uh, Matt Campbell's probably one of the biggest names you have to consider, the Iowa State head coach. I mean – you know, it's they've kind of had like a, a bit of a disaster year when it was supposed to be a year where they were maybe competing for the Big 12, but, uh, you know, still a very good, uh, you know, still a very solid option. Uh, I, I do want to bring up the fact that I knew this was this was going to be the option, but I just want everybody to know that ESPN did run it as a top headline was that Urban Meyer has told the media he will not be going and taking a college job. So sorry, have you are stuck with him for at least the remainder of this season, it appears. Yeah, that's why I'm not even bringing him up because it's... But I'm going to because I want to. That's no, me. I, yeah, <laughs> bring, on the, bring on the pain. I mean, it's I would, I would literally, like, you know... All the tweets are fi- being fired off from Jags Twitter right now, saying, "How can we help Urban pack his bags?" Like, but he has no interest, I guess. And who knows? I mean, he could pull a Lincoln Riley and say, "You know, oh, I'm not leaving." And then, or I mean, li- Riley, you know, just got the specific question about LSU. That was cheeky. Brian Kelly straight up said eight days before getting <laughs> before getting hired at LSU that he would only leave, like, he, he wouldn't consider leaving. It would have to be, like, an insane check. Well, LSU wrote the insane check. Yep. So, um, you know, I would love to see Urban go to Notre Dame because it would be both getting Urban out of Jacksonville but also hilarious to watch Notre Dame be the head coach at Notre Dame. Uh, but I had to go to church on Sunday? What do you mean? Oh, I think he would happily go. I think he I think he loves that atmosphere more. But 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 the thing is is that he lives in Ponte Vedra in in Florida, you know, where TPC Sawgrass is and big ass houses are. Like he's fine. Like he he has that environment in 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 Ponte Vedra, Florida. Um Hugh Freeze comes to mind. Uh not going to lie. Uh you know, he's he kind of did his uh his repair like you know, career repair tour at Liberty and it hasn't maybe gone exactly as great as it could have, but it's definitely been very good. They've been, you know, pound, like chop, like clocking wins, like you know, regularly. So, I think uh, I think Hugh Freeze could make sense at either spot. Although, if I was either school and my team hired Hugh Freeze, I'd be pretty pissed. Um, I'd be like, damn, that sucks. Yeah, I wouldn't. Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm kind of there with you too. Wouldn't, wouldn't want that as well. What about, uh, what about good old Kyle Whittingham over at Utah? I mean, the Utes have been putting together a string and together some, some good class. I know he's been there for what seems forever, but you think there, there's, there's one of those opportunities that takes him out of Salt Lake City? I think he would be more likely to leave for Oklahoma than, than their name. But at the same time, you know, if I'm a, if I'm him. I'm kind of looking at like I'm kind of looking at those jobs and saying, okay, so I can go to Oklahoma and have to battle in the SEC in a few years if things go well in the interim. If I'm like still employed in three years, when we're in the SEC, that like that's that's not going to be fun. Oklahoma is going to have a. I, I I personally think Oklahoma is going to have 
a kind of a like going to have a harder time than Texas will end up having mm-hmm. when the SEC gets here. Maybe I'll be dead wrong on that, but we'll see. Uh, and then, you know, I, I, you know, Notre Dame is, I guess, you know, it could be attractive, but I, I feel like Notre Dame has better fits. Uh, it's also worth mentioning with the Notre Dame job that there's a lot of people saying that they're very interested in just promoting uh, defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman. Keep it in-house, uh, yeah. Which uh, I think makes a lot of sense. One, that's probably your best bet at retaining those number two and number three recruiting classes that I was mentioning earlier. Mm-hmm. That's probably your only chance at getting a lot of those guys to stick around, um, which is obviously a huge deal. Um, and, they, you know, Notre Dame's defense has been very good the past two or three years. So, um, yeah. It's, uh, it's, I mean, dude, it, like I said, we're either going to, it's either going to be nonstop. Like we're going to be get, we're going to get done recording. And then like three coaches are going to get hired literally 30 seconds. Or I think we might get a little bit of a breather until next week after the conference championship games, you know, we'll, you know, when, when teams are kind of a little, when, you know, when everyone knows who's going to the playoff and who's not, you know, if Notre Dame's going to the, to the playoff because Cincinnati and Alabama lost, then that shifts things a bit. You know, Marcus Freeman is probably probably has to be the interim head coach if they're in the playoff. And then if he somehow beats Georgia or somebody, you know, or, or beats Michigan if they're at the three spot, I mean, that's a that's a huge deal. Um, so so I think that I, I could see Notre Dame waiting until after things are said and done. Uh, same thing with Oklahoma. Oklahoma doesn't have anything to play for at this point. They're not in the Big 12 championship. So might as well just kind of say – okay, let's see, you know, you keep your, your finger on the pulse because you don't want to get left behind. Right. Um, but I don't know if we're necessarily going to see a run on coaches just because Riley and Kelly made these huge moves. You know, I mean, I don't, this is just a name that kept popping around. I think it's because people like me just want to see it happen. But Mike Leach at any one of these programs would be fucking fantastic. I I, 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 would, I would love to see just Mike Leach try to you know navigate and scope out either the Norman or the South Bend scene and, and try to lead these teams to a to a national championship. Mike Leach looks like a Notre Dame coach to me. Like when I'm imagining him in Navy or Gold or whatever and pacing up and down the sideline, he like the look is so on point. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, Oklahoma wouldn't make a ton of sense to me. I mean, not that Oklahoma is not a better program than Mississippi State, but. I, I I think I think Leach likes that level of program. I think Leach, you know, when he was at Washington State and they were, you know, putting putting out those ten or eleven win seasons with Gardner Minshew, you know, he he definitely had. I, I remember like he had some pretty huge schools come in. You know, things end up flaming out. He leaves Washington State and he goes to Mississippi State. I think I think he. I don't know if he necessarily wants to be at a, a a high high ranking program like that. That where. You know, the pressure is a little bit different. At, at Mississippi State, I feel like he probably has a little bit more control and a little bit more patience from the people around him. But um, but it's definitely an interesting thought. I mean, he would definitely fit conceptually with Oklahoma, Air Raid, you know, all that stuff. Notre Dame, he just, like I said, I can just, I don't know, I just see it in my mind's eye. Um, I think I think you'll probably get the, the usual run-of-the-mill coordinator stuff going on here soon, too. I mean, Alabama's got, you know, uh, Bill O'Brien, who you have to wonder, does he go back to the NFL? 
or does he decide to go to like? Did I know? see talk of him and and Doug Marone teaming up to go to Virginia Tech, or is that just a like just a wild rumor I happen to see on Twitter? Because I swear I saw a tweet of somebody reporting that possibility of Bill O'Brien and Dougie Marone teaming up to go back and do like a one-two punch. I think like Marone would be like the defensive coordinator, Bill would take over as head coach at Virginia Tech, and I was like, fucking what? Well, this dude, this dude, uh, this reporter named. Uh, Cole Thompson um, said that the name I keep hearing around Virginia Tech is Bill O'Brien. Two people with much stronger ties have mentioned him in the past 24 hours. Obviously, that didn't end up happening. I could see Marone going with Bill O'Brien wherever he goes. If O'Brien gets a head coaching job, Marone steps in as OC. Um, And I could see that. They're buddies. That's why they went to Alabama together. Um, People, Alabama fans, are ready to see the back of them. Uh, you know, like, well, especially Marone, the offensive line has been pretty putrid, putrid down the stretch. Um, I love Doug, but, but it just has. And, um, you know, honestly at Alabama though, if you check in any year, there's going to be groups of people that say, but this coordinator defensive, offensive, you know, people complain all the time about Pete Golding, which, you know, I, I totally understand, but Alabama doesn't win that game, that Iron Bowl game without an unbelievable defensive performance. Like, the defense's performance in that game was was the reason why Alabama even had a chance to go win in overtime. So, um, I, uh, yeah, I, 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 I could see Bill O'Brien going somewhere big. I, again, you know, I could see it, but if I'm a, a Notre Dame fan, I'm pissed if Bill O'Brien's my next head coach. I mean... I just I'm not convinced on his recruiting prowess. I'm not convinced on on a lot of things. So I yeah. I still I think I still think Bob goes to, uh, to back to the NFL. I think I think that's what'll probably end up happening. Or or is my best guess. Because um, if you have that option, if you're gonna sit there and weigh out the NFL versus the co- for versus the college football route, I think nine out of ten coaches who aren't Lincoln Riley are gonna always take the NFL, right? Like Lincoln Riley would be. Stupid to go to the NFL at this point because this guy just made out with the deal of the century. But I mean, you, yeah. you, you put well, the I NFL mean, on that's, the table. That's, who's not going to want that? That's the number one thing you have to consider, right? Is what's more important to, to these coaches? For some, it's pride. For some, it's uh, it's money. You know, and 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 you know, so there's obviously a middle ground that every coach can can meet at. But but you know, for for uh, a Bill O'Brien. You know, I mean, he kind of, I don't want to say disgrace, that's too strong of a word because it's fucking football, it's sports, it's not, you know, politics or something. But, uh, you know, his, his departure out of the out of the, the Texans was obviously pretty grody, pretty rough. Um, so he could want to immediately hop back. He may want to continue rehabbing his career, you know, go get a bunch of wins at a college school and then, you know, potentially maybe make the playoffs somewhere and then and then say, okay, I'm ready to go back now. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of a lot of options, man. I mean, there's a lot of lot of ways that this can go. I mean, you have to wonder where is Dan Mullen going? Is he going anywhere this year? Does he take a breather? Uh, I mean, he's still getting, I think, like what, like six million this year from Florida. If I'm Dan, maybe chill. I don't know, like chill for a minute, wait till the right opportunity comes around. I think he will, and uh, you know, obviously stick with us as we uh, 
as we you know continue monitoring this carousel because dude it's, it's it is uh, but it, that's what i love about this carousel though dog is that like you know you get billy because i remember you know i had to actually like go out and, and put out a report on billy napier going to florida right so i'm like man this is cool like and it's just amazing how like the snowball effects right right like lincoln goes lincoln goes to usc and then all of a sudden all these coaches who uh, or all these programs who need head coaches are just like, well, it's time to fucking get our money and start paying the big names. And obviously LSU hops on that band, tr- that you know, that train real quick. And then it's just going to, like you said, from here, it's just the snowball is only going to get bigger and more and more coaches are going to get put into it. I, yeah, I'm very, 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 very interested to see how this shapes up. And even till when we record later this week for our next episode, who the hell knows what we get to talk about then. Yeah, dude, it's, uh, like I said, it feels like it's just beginning, and, you know, these major moves are, like, it's the, it's throwing the, the rock into the water. The waves are, like, we're, we're just in the epicenter right now. The waves are just beginning, um, and that's, it's one of the beautiful things about, uh, uh, you know, college football is uh, this time of year. You know, we don't want to see people getting fired and people losing jobs and, you know, players losing their head coach, you know, uh, via text message. Shout out to Brian Kelly. Yeah, that that was great. Um, Sorry, men. Men? (laughs) To start off the men, comma, most football coach of all time. Men, comma. Plus plus the, uh, everyone was, had jokes about the, we're going to meet tomorrow at Uh, (laughs) 7am. Which, which is just like, hey man, you fucking suck for that one, dude. Uh, And then also apparently the meeting was like 11 minutes. So, you know, that's dope. Uh, just an all-around uh, uh, awesome time of year, and it's dog eat dog. And uh, you know, obviously, we need to, uh, you know, to 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 even keep up with the pace of this. You know, we we we're gonna need some type of funds. We're gonna need like, you know, uh, this is this stuff can't be done for free. You know, we can't be locked in. You know, and just and and pay the bills with our with our takes. You guys, we 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 need fungible matters. Yeah, we do. We need we need hard earned greenbacks we need that capital and to do so we're gonna go to the cash grab but when we come back we've got your nfl pick em recap wrap up this week and then we got a little mlb free agency because just when you thought the coaching carousel was nuts in college football folks buckle up the mlb free agency wire is off the motherfucking charts we'll be right back down and out returns right after this Hey guys, Dom here. I want to tell y'all about Anchor.fm. Yes, Anchor.fm. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free and there's tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Don't know how to get your final product on all the major streaming platforms? Have no fear. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started and tell them Down and Out sent you. All right, let's get back to the show. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us. Second half of Down and Out is underway, and it begins with the NFL Week 12 recap. 
You heard about our three earlier picks on the Thanksgiving show, so we're not even going to talk about those. Other than the fact that the Buffalo Bills look great. They're fucking back. I've, that felt very good. Uh, you had a, a, another good week for you. Pretty pretty decent week on the Pick'em train for you. And I will say again, folks, if you're riding with Dom right now, you, you might you might want to get off at the next stop. I am, I am free-falling in my picks as of late. Another tough week for yeah, your boy. I, uh, uh, in four of the past five weeks, I have gone uh, nine and six or nine and five. So at least I'm consistent. Um, you know, it's it's tough, man. I, this year, I mean, it's kind of been the talking point of this year is that no one's good and that, you know, everyone can beat everyone except for the Jaguars, of course. Uh, if you lose to the Jaguars, uh, you know, that's that's just shame. Mm-hmm. Um, no, nope, I know. It's, it's <laughs> it. Yeah, I, I, I feel you. You're 100% right. Don't remind me about it. But even though even the fact again, I feel like in an average year the Jaguars would be winless. I genuinely feel that way. Um, and of course, obviously, no one's losing to the Lions either. Um, but I still think the Lions are going to pull out a W at some point this season. I just you know they're running out of time. Um, but uh, but yeah, I went nine and six. Dom went six and nine. Nice. Um, yep. I'm ninety five and sixty four. Dom, do you have your total? So I have to. I, I I believe that I have added an extra week in there. So hold on, let me do some quick. Let me do let me do some quick math here. So ninety five and sixty four is one fifty nine. So No, come on, stop that! All right, so you, you um, say your say your record again, F. Uh, ninety-five and sixty-four. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay, no, 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 that makes sense. I'm eighty-nine and seventy. Okay. I I had an extra week again. I think I counted, and I I noticed this last week. I recounted uh, an extra week by mistake in there, so I had us doubled up. Like I had a whole another week of games in there. So sorry for the brief pause there. I did have to do some some uh, calculations because I'm not good at arithmetic. Uh, but 89 and 70 is what I sit at, which all things according, it's not terrible. But I've definitely slipped off a little bit. Uh, I guess obviously the big thing really. Off this week was the Buccaneers holding off of that comeback against the Colts. That was wild. Uh, I guess we got to talk about the Patriots, dog. Are they fu- like? Are they going to win a Here's Super Bowl real- this year? Are they going to win a fucking Super Bowl just to spite? Is is Mac Jones going to leave? Right, first of all, that's your that's your offensive rookie of the year. Uh, end of discussion. Let's just let's let's nip that in the butt. Let's get it out of the way. Let's. Eat, like, I'm gonna need to put soap in my mouth. But goddamn, are the Patriots back? And that sucks, donkey nuts. The Bills got one year, one season, to be a, the top dog, and now we got to put up with this bullshit again. Fuck me. Yeah, you know it's interesting, Dom, because. I think I think uh, I, I think the Patriots are real. Um, I, I, I'm convinced of that at this point. And, and weirdly enough, after and I still, you know, I'll never forgive the Patriots for 2017. I'll never forgive them for that AFC Championship game. But I am weirdly enjoying watching the Patriots right now. I love seeing Mac Jones and Damian Harris 
do their thing. Kendrick Bourne has been like a, you know, kind of one of the sleeper, like best pit, best free agency signings of the year in the NFL. And, and, you know, I was covering him when he was with the 49ers and I was like, this guy, if he goes somewhere, he's going to be whatever. So I'm happy I was right about that. Uh, tooting my horn real quick. Um, but you know, I, I think it's interesting. The only, the only thing I want to kind of clash with you on is the fact that I don't know if Mac Jones is the rookie of the year, the the offensive rookie of the year in the AFC. The reason why is a name that I feel like you should, you know, have in your head very, very strongly. And that's Jamar Chase. I mean, my um, man has. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I for, it's, but, I, well, I, you forget. I I forget that Jamar Chase is a fucking rookie because he doesn't play like it. Because you're absolutely right. Jamar Chase probably is is the winner. But I mean, it's a it's a race. Don't get it twisted. It's not like. A dominant one side or the other, or, you know, that was a terrible take or anything. 906 yards, eight touchdowns in 11 games. I mean, dude is just balling. Well, um, and, and so. it was because while the Bengals kind of had that little c- couple games of uh, of a decline there where they're slipping up a little bit, I mean, that was when the, the Patriots were going to work. And Mac, I mean, Mac, the thing, Mac's not putting up like jaw dropping numbers. But he's playing very consistent. Playing so, you know, he, he's 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 gotten the, his turnover ratio down a little bit. He's efficiently moving the ball on offense. He's he's hitting his targets. I, I watched him manifest a couple drives uh, in the Tennessee game, and it's like, goddamn, you know, it's it's he, he the Bill Belichick system. It, it can sometimes be one size fits all because it was it was working like a charm. He just, I mean, Mac Jones is, you know, he is picking Mario and Mario Kart. You know, you get the, you're not going to get any, like, four out of four stats. Like, you know, you're not going to get max stats on any section, like, you know, speed or or handling or whatever. But you're going to get threes across the board. He's just good at, like, all the things you need to be good at to, to be a good quarterback. And, I mean, if he develops, if he improves, I mean... It's it, he's he's got all the tools already. It's just making you know it's fine tuning. Um, and uh, in in you know I I you know as an Alabama fan, it's it's tough, but I I, I just enjoy watching him. Um, you know, really the thing I wanted to talk about, Dom. I mean, you know, I think the Patriots are real. I think we can go ahead and put that to bed for now. Mm-hmm. Um, the division I have no clue who's real in is the the AFC West. Yep. Um. You know, we've got three teams at six and five. Uh, <laughs> we've got the Kansas City Chiefs, who apparently have woken back up. They look like they're 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 back. You know, they're seven and four. I told people uh, to stop poking them when they were sleeping. I told well, people to stop. I think I think it's really you know that's just how reactionary stuff works, right? You yeah, one hundred percent, absolutely. And and you know, I get it. I mean, there were some some weeks there that. I mean, just geez, they were they were they were embarrassing. I mean, they were like, what is this team? But they they look like they done woke up. They look like they uh, they done got out of bed, and uh, and and I, I think they're gonna win the AFC West. Now, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos, all at six and five. And on paper, I think in everyone's mind, you go, yeah, the Chargers are the best team b- between those three. But the Chargers just consistently lose to like teams in like in ways that you're just like. How? Yeah, absolutely. What is y'all's deal? Their defense isn't especially good, which, you know, is a problem. But at the same time, you're just like, what the fuck? Like, well, and, and 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 the Kevin Staley juice, I think, has or Brandon Staley juice, excuse me, has has kind of simmered down a little bit. I, I don't think their their offense is, is as efficient and as as 
explosive as it was as we saw in the beginning of the season. And I, you definitely, I, I not only is their defense bad as you said, but I also think their offense needs to kind of find its groove back too. Justin Herbert, while I don't, you know, he's still obviously a very, very talented quarterback. It, 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 it there needs to be, more, there needs to be more consistency. There, there needs to be, there needs to be something else here that they that that. They're they're missing something that they need more help with, and you know you go out and you get a good win against a, a very bad Steelers team, but you almost blow that spot. Twenty seven points let up in the fourth quarter, which again addresses the need for defense. So I, I mean the Chargers just leave the door open, and and who the hell would be sitting here, Evan, in Week Eleven, saying that the Broncos are six and five, tied for second in the division with a plus thirty two point differential? Vic Vangio is somehow coaching this team and wielding them to a playoff discussion. No, I mean they are, they are just I I you know it's fun it's it's honestly been refreshing to see Melvin Gordon kind of have a career resurgence this year for him to kind of get back. Well, to and then and then Javante Williams having a great rookie season as well. So again, like I think because of Jamar and Mac, you're gonna not have that discussion. But Javante's had a, a great year for for yeah. the Broncos. No question. I mean, that's what they they've kind of found that uh, that Saint sweet spot where Javante Williams is. I mean, he's he's pretty much like just in this rookie year. I'm pretty sure he's like top three or top five in running backs for receiving yards over the course of the year. I need to double check that. Um, but but then you have the bruising Melvin Gordon. You know, you you know what you're getting out of that. And and as long as Teddy Bridgewater doesn't throw two picks. I mean that defense is also playing very well despite the absence of Von Miller. So, I mean, you're 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 talking about a team that isn't going to typically, you know, they're going to lose games too like this, you know, that this Broncos team, I don't really see them peeling off five wins in a row at any point just because the way they play means that, you know, a lot of games are going to be close, they're going to be, you know, kind of hard-fought wins, right? But, I mean, Damn, dude, that this uh this team right now is 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 playing to their level. I mean, they've hit on a lot of you know Pat Patrick Sertain has been you know a really legitimate you know corner in his rookie year as well. You know they've they've hit on some 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 big uh, rookie names and and uh, it's it's showing and and yeah, like you said, I mean Vic Fangio does deserve some credit. Now, Dom, you know before you know to because we we probably only have a few minutes to talk about this. Mm-hmm. How does the AFC West finish? Give me the one through four. You know, let's let's break it down. I know this is tough because we're kind of putting ourselves on the spot here. Right. But- no, no, no. I'm 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 with you. I'm with you. So I think it's it's so hard on the spot right now to not say Kansas City. So I I, I have to give them the number one. These guys might only lose another game or two, and especially the way they if if they I don't know exactly the uh, amount of number of division games they have left. But I know they have quite a few, yeah. So Broncos, Raiders, one, two, three. So they've got four. They've got two Broncos games and a Raiders-Chargers matchup. Chargers on the road. I could see maybe them dropping one. But then they've got the Steelers and a, and a tough road contest at the Bengals to round out the season. I give, give me Kansas City. Oh, this is tough. Okay, I'm gonna give you one is Kansas City. I can tell you who my four is, Evan. That's the Raiders. I I, okay. I love I love them, but I think the Rich Basicchia thing is gonna die, fizzle out, and the Ra- the Raiders just aren't gonna have enough juice in the end. Oh, I don't. Oh, Evan, it might be the Broncos number two. That that defense might might wield them way might wield their way in. I I might. Oh, I, 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 like I want to pick it the way it is, but that would be so vanilla. So I'm going to go Kansas City, Denver, L.A., then the Raiders. All right. 
So I got Kansas City, no question at the top right now. I mean, it's not to say that you know things couldn't they couldn't start dropping games again and and that they you know things could get dicey. But but I think you know as of right now you have to say uh, Kansas City at the top. Now you know I would partial, agree. Partially, you know what's what's interesting for me is you know obviously Dom kind of alluded to this. You got to look at their schedules, um, and as you kind of said, the Chargers kind of have the easiest one remaining. I mean, they get the Giants and Texans. You know, you know you're getting W's there. Mm-hmm. And then you've got one of each between Denver, Kansas City, Las Vegas. You think you can probably go two you I mean if you're the Chargers, you think you have to go two and one in those three divisional games you have left. But Cincinnati, not to mention though, just this upcoming week they do have a very tough road game in Cincinnati with a team no that has found it has found itself again. No no question. But so in your three out of division games, you go two and one, you beat New York, you beat the Texans, you can even even drop the game against Cincinnati, and then if you can go two and one in your in division games, you wrap the season with a uh, what a a uh, I guess that's a eight and seven record. Wait, no, no, no. I'm, why am I, what am I missing? No, uh, I'm just being dumb. Uh, I I'm doing doing bad math. You know, so if you let's see, so six and six, seven and six, seven and seven, eight and seven, nine and seven, ten and seven. Uh, so ten and seven, I guess, for the Chargers is what I'm thinking. You know, the the Raiders don't necessarily have a brutal schedule to wrap up. I mean, Kansas City, of course, is tough, and Cleveland, I guess, is tough. But right now, I'm like the Raiders. If the Raiders, yeah, can beat, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Cleveland. Beat, I don't think Cleveland is as tough as we think it could be. If the Raiders can beat the Cowboys in Dallas, they can beat Cleveland in Cleveland. Absolutely. So and, and they and they should be able to take care of the football team at home. You should you should be competitive. You get Denver at home and you get the Chargers at home, which I mean, you know, I know that you know. So so shifting from their perspective, Dom, I'm about to get crazy on your ass. Oh my god! I might actually say that the Raiders finish second in the AFC West. I mean, it is tough, dude. Because I mean, I would man, well, this man is feeling himself. Yeah, dude. I mean, well, the Broncos and the Chargers have very similar schedules out the rest of the way, like for the most part, except for the difference between the the Broncos have to play Detroit and uh, and and the Chargers have to play the Texans and and uh, 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 Giants. But but that's the thing is that I don't trust the Chargers to go take care of business in a in in, in some of these like you know I you know you would think that they should blow out the Texans when they play them. But weirdly enough, the Chargers on the road this year are kind of like a they're they're a Jekyll and Hyde performance where you never know what you're going to get with them. Um, and uh, I, I I okay I no no I'm I'm going to come back to this 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 is tough because you're sitting there you're trying to play out all these scenarios in your head. The AFC West is hit because Evan there 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 is this world what the one in fourteen million of Doctor Strange where the Chiefs do fall off. It's not like it's not like it's an impossible scenario. We've seen it happen already. The Chiefs could find another struggle bus, and all of a sudden, we're talking about the Chargers coming back or the Raiders. I've, I've never seen a season, or I, I don't know if I've ever seen a division where all four teams have one positive records and also all still have like their destiny in like in their hands. Like because all four of these teams, if they just win. They just win out, or if they win the majority of their games. Well, that's what, and that's what we thought the NFC West was going to be, and it's kind of what it is shaping up to be. Besides the fact that Seattle has just dropped the dud this year. 
Yeah, it it, it is. Um, so final answer: Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos. I know that sucks for my my Broncos out there, but I think uh, I think you know when they have to get into these divisional games, which you know they 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 were able to. Uh, well, okay, so that's the thing, right? Like they just beat the Chargers. Man, this is so tough. But but yeah, dude, I don't know. I I that's where I'm going. But I, I'm saying it with some doubt in my in my voice. Uh, clearly. Oh, there, there there's no confidence in, when we're trying to do that. I I didn't I don't feel any sort of confidence in this selection either. But you know that's that that's that's the beauty of being able to be incorrect. I guess. I want to give a golf clap to Derek Carr. Derek Carr has had a good season. I'm not going to say that Derek Carr is a great quarterback or anything like that, but I think we have to admit he's the top 10 in the NFL. And I don't really think that was in question anyways, but I think at this point if you're saying he's not, you're just trying to troll or something. You're a hater. Yeah, you're just yeah, you're, you're open up a nice bottle of haterade. He's he's good, folks. It is what it is. He doesn't necessarily, you know, 17-9 and nine TD to interception split, but, I mean, the dude just wins games and uh, gets the job done. So, But uh, Derek Carr loves to play that tug-at-your-heartstring game because you're like, damn, this guy's a baller. But then you see him, like, I'll never forget the Kansas City game where he just threw a ball up as he was getting pressured. Was it Kansas City or Tampa? It was one of those the top uh, contending team, and he throws a ball up midfield, like just hucks it up in the air, like, and it gets intercepted so easily, you know, like it was, uh, uh, and that's 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 the part of Derek Carr that kills me because it's like, dude, if you could just not do that, dude, you're an elite quarterback. And end yeah. of discussion. But you're just you're so goddamn fragile inconsistency. It's, it's gonna it's gonna be your demise. Uh, also, uh, Trevor Lawrence threw a pick on a f- what he thought was in what should have been a free play, um, but they instead didn't call the offsides. They uh, they just said that you know uh, uh, somehow Marvin Jones moving his hand was instead a false start. Uh, just want to say that was bullshit, but also the most Jaguars pick I've ever seen. Dom, we have one more section of the podcast we got to get to, and we're running out of time. Yes, we do. So, folks, as I mentioned, the MLB podcast, or the MLB podcast, the ML, we kind of are an MLB podcast when stuff Sometimes. like this comes up. The free agency carousel in the MLB is absolutely bonkers. As I talked to you guys a few episodes ago, Noah Syndergaard comes to the Angels, hoorah, rah. But, man, Max Scherzer comes in with the big signing, three-year deal with the New York Mets. Goodness gracious, what a day it is to be in the Big Apple. Yeah, dude. They uh they 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 needed to go get pitching. I mean, they they weren't quite, you know, they didn't quite have the staff that they were hoping for in 2020 and 2021. You know, they they had names, but they just didn't perform except for of course uh that dude. Um but but I think Scherzer makes sense, you know. It I mean, does. It's, it's a it's a uh, it's a very you know expensive deal, no question. But that was always going to be the case if you wanted uh, you know somebody at that level, and and I I think I think it definitely makes the Mets better. That being said, somebody pointed out that uh, Scherzer's stats against the Braves are actually not good at all. Um, I need to pull it up real quick, but a uh, very interesting uh, fact is that he. Uh, his career stats versus the Braves is a 3.88 ERA, which is like not Scherzer numbers, right? Like you would think, you know, uh, oh, like that's that's going to be whatever. And also in the past uh, four meetings against the Braves, he has a plus five ERA. So does that actually make the Mets that much better? 
like in their division. Yeah, we'll I get, yeah, out. well, yeah, I mean, it'll be you have to be seen, obviously. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, the, obviously, from their perspective, you have to think, okay, the Braves won the World Series and won the division again. You know, that's the team we have to try and take down. But you know, it's and, and you know, who knows? Maybe Scherzer deals against everybody else in the division. But I mean, apparently, the they just they, numbers, they, so. they 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 healthy scratch him for any game against the Braves. Maybe maybe that's the choice of route there. Well, and he also wasn't the only one, obviously, just very much today. Javi Baez signs with the Tigers, six years, $140 million. Uh, and then just yesterday, the Rangers, Evan, and as an Angels fan, starting to get concerned because it was really nice when the when the Rangers were just a, you know, an incompetent team program organization even more than the Angels. But not only do they sign uh, Marcus Simeon uh, last week or earlier last week, but now they come out yesterday and get Corey motherfucking Seager on a 10-year $325 million deal after Simeon's seven-year $175 million deal. Goodness gracious, Texas. Way to be. You know, I got to get tip of the hat. I guess, I guess Arlington might be the place to be right now. Yeah, I uh, I think I think you know it's actually kind of interesting. There's kind of a cultural thing that you're seeing, or like a a, a topic of debate is like all these Californians moving to Texas, and uh, you know, I mean, Corey Seager is literal evidence of that. Um, but you know, it, it helps when you're getting a ten year mega deal, of course. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think, I think these moves are obviously game changing for the Rangers. Uh, I don't know if they're necessarily going to be a AL contender this year. Uh, you know, I think there might be a little, there might be some simmering to do and some gelling to happen first. But I mean, they definitely go from being a, you know, pretty bad team to a, okay, well, we now have to see if this team is bad. We don't actually know for sure. Right. Um, and yeah, right now the Rangers and the Mets are making the most noise. Um, Which fucking God, like, why? Like, so the so the Angels, like, this is going to be an, an like a signing that no one's going to know because I barely knew about this guy until we looked. But we signed Aaron Loop to a two year, seventeen million dollar contract. His stats are all right, but it's not obviously. And, and I'm just attracted to the big name right now. Like, as an Angels fan, I'm I'm getting pissed watching all these big guys go. To these other teams, and I'm I'm sitting here wondering, you know, where where are, where's my team? What what are the Angels doing? You know, what if you're if you're a Yankees fan? I guess maybe you're, you're sitting a little bit of better position because you have a loaded roster. But if your team is like the Angels and like mine, like I, I'm starting to get real frustrated seeing some of these big names but, go off the board. But also, if you're the Angels, right? Like, I mean. Third base is covered because you're committed to Rendon. Yeah, 100%. Second base is covered because Fletcher had a pretty solid year this past year. He's, you know, he's not the best hitting second baseman in the league, but the dude doesn't, like, he's one of the best defenders in the league. And, mm-hmm. you know, when, when he when he gets on base, like, with that stretch he had, I mean, he's that's that's always crucial. Uh, out, You know, Trout in the outfield, I mean, what, who would you want, Dom? Do you want a first baseman? I don't know. Or no, because you guys have uh, Jared Walsh, right? Yeah. So, yeah, no, so, I mean, and, and, and right Walsh, fielder, left fielder, I guess. And maybe? Walsh did have no. no I, mine is. I'm sorry. I should have been more specific. I really would love more pitchers. Um, oh, it, fair. Because I, I, it's just our Achilles heel. Because um, I, I mean, I, I look. I look at the shortstop position. Yeah, Luis Rangifino uh, had had a, had a pretty good year for us. But you know, like Marcus Simeon would have been a great would have would have would have been a great slot there. I mean, I know he's an Astro and he's a dirty, dirty douche. But I would have loved to take a stab at Carlos Correa, you know, that would have always I mean, been. he's available. Yeah, you know, okay. I, w- I, w- I would love the friend to take a stab at him. Max Stasi. I mean, we could always, we could always 
go for you know a better catcher, but Sterling Marte just got signed, I believe, by the Marlins. So it, it's 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 more so I just I need to see the bullpen get better. I need to see the starting rotation get better. Um, but we do have a, the outfield. I think is pretty set because we do have Joe Adele, who's our top prospect. Taylor Ward has shown some signs as well. But if I'm an Angels fan, I I, I need to see some bullpen. You see, I need to see some our uh, some of our pitching come in and help out. But we'll we'll have to we'll have to play that one by it is. But again, I just get I get I'm envious of teams who sign big names because I'm a little five year old and uh, mommy, I want that. I I want him. I want to yeah, spend fair. all the money. I'm ready for New York Yankee Trevor Story. I feel like that's where we're going at this rate. Um, we could also, I think, see potentially uh, New York Yankee Nick Cassianos. Um, there's a there's the the Yankees haven't made any moves so far, and Yankees fans are very pissed about it. But I I, I, I still think that they yeah. I just I just think if you're a Yankees fan, like you know, like I again, this is they're feeling the frustration I feel. But like the Yankees always make moves, they always deliver. They're not gonna not do something right unless unless they totally blow it, which obviously is a possibility. But I if if I'm a if I if I'm a Yankees fan, I'm feeling pretty pretty good right now still. Yeah, also uh one of the underrated signings that the uh the Rangers made was that they signed John Gray from the uh Rockies, which John Gray's stat line because he pitches in Colorado looks not especially impressive, but he was their dude and like was definitely like a guy that could he's a guy that would be a number 2 or a number 3 in any rotation in the MLB, potentially uh, a number one, you know, if he goes somewhere and, and, and they don't either have great depth or, you know, if who knows, man, you, you get out of Colorado, you don't have to be pitching it there every, every week. I mean, it's impressive. It's crazy how those stats start changing. Um, I, I mean, yeah. here, here, and here's another name too, Eb. I, I mean, you talk about, I love Jared Walsh, but my dog, if the Braves don't want him, I'll I'll take Freddie Freeman. Yeah, I think Freddie's going to. Uh, I think I think if Freddie doesn't go to the Braves, he's going to stay on the on the. Uh, yeah, I mean it, it. I well, you know, I mean he's from California. I mean Freddie Freeman is from California, so I mean that that would make total sense. Uh, maybe he wants to go back home, but but I you know I I you know that remains to be seen. Chris Bryant doesn't have a team yet. I mean. Marcus Stroman, there's a pitcher that you know you guys could potentially use. Um, I know he's Kershaw, a- technically, I even I don't think Kershaw would go to Anaheim, but I mean, like for any other team out there, right? I mean, Kershaw is still a notable free agent per this list I'm looking at right now. So, uh, Schwarby, you know, the fucking electric factory that is Kyle Schwarber's out there. Anthony Rizzo, tons of names still on the. If board. I'm, if I'm, if personally, if I'm the Angels, the number one pitcher I would want to go sign is Carlos Rodon, who had like a little bit of a slow, you know, kind of a, a drop off to end the season. You know, the the Sox got lit up in the ALDS, and and you know it, it didn't quite go to plan. But that dude was gnarly for a large part of last season, and I, I feel like that would be a a, a sensible uh, yeah. addition. Um, I, like I also. It. I, I like him in terms of, you know, a starting pitcher that you could add. I'm thinking about any of the other guys that are potentially around. I mean, really, you know, you guys are running out of time, so you're right. you got to kind of get on that horse and and, uh, and make moves because uh, it's, you know, it's it's – it's not too late, but yeah, I mean, there's uh, there's stuff. Uh, you know, Kenley Jansen's available from the uh, Dodgers, and obviously he's nasty. So uh, if you uh, if you need bullpen, that's that's not a bad place to look either. 
Um, yeah, we'll have to see if this if this organization is competent enough to make the moves. But obviously, you know, we'll we'll keep you updated here as this more and more MLB news kind of comes and unfolds in the coming days. That, it also appears that Marcelo Zuna is coming back to the MLB and the Braves. So mm, um, okay. that that you know, I the MLB announced that they're they're they suspended him twenty games, but because he sat out like pretty much all of last season. He technically has already served his suspension. And, so, and then some. Yeah, it makes sense. So I don't – I mean, he's a piece of shit. And, you know, based on all accounts, I guess part of the reason why this is changing is that now his wife has been charged with domestic abuse or something. So blah, blah. I'm not going to necessarily speculate on the details. But, but uh, I you know, I it's, – it's kind of a weird situation because Azuna was a big piece. But at the same time, you're kind of like – as a Braves fan, you're like, shit – like, do we really, are we really associating with this guy still or, right. or what? But, but you know, I mean, if he does play, the Braves are a better team with him. Um, no question. And then, you know, that kind of says, do you go for one? You would only go for one of Soler, Rosario, Duvall, Peterson. And I don't think it's going to be Peterson. And I don't think it's going to be Duvall. So um, we'll see. Uh, but, but yeah, man, even when uh, baseball's done, it's still, uh, still popping. And, uh, and, and, and that's fun. Hopefully, you know, this lockout doesn't last longer than, you know, a few weeks or something. Cause that's right. I to- I actually totally forgot we were in a lockout, to be honest with well, you. Well, we're about, it's, it's like starting like this week, like it's starting like this weekend, basically. So. Don't they, but don't uh, they, isn't this a common issue? Like every other year, I feel like, and most of the time it gets resolved before we even, even notice it. Yeah, but this one is different because uh, it's it, – Are they like, completely changing like the CBA and all this on this yeah, one? Yeah, like it's that and there's been – there's been a – man, I mean it has been a very, very – by all reports, a very like um, vulgar personal battle. Like this isn't just been like negotiations between lawyers. This, this, has, been, been, this has been personal. Yeah, which is how I mean the the the, the MLB players, uh, you know, they they fucking hate the owners and the owners fucking hate the hate the players. So, as uh, as we learned during the 2020 COVID season. Yeah. So December first, 11:59 p.m. Eastern. So tomorrow, if you're reading, if you're listening on Tuesday, today, if you're listening on Wednesday, uh, that's when the CBA expires. So then from there, you enter just pure fucking you know we'll we'll see if we have baseball you know i mean i i I think the owners will cave in order to make sure a season gets played because everybody needs money but at the same time you know shit could get uh shit could get dicey and we could be looking in march and being like and 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 there's no spring training games yet like i mean it could be like that so um here's hoping that it's not but you know figure it out um uh to 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 the respective sides um but Dom, I've got to get going. Um, yes, you do. I uh, it's it's been a fucking whirlwind of an episode, which is fun. It's fun when we get to do stuff like this. But but it's time to call it a day, and that means that you need to uh to make sure that you go follow us on Twitter at Down and Out Podcast. Uh, that's uh, where you can see where we're dropping new episodes. We'll occasionally tweet about other stuff. Uh, you know, probably some news coming in the future about you know stuff with the podcast due to other life changes so you know be on the lookout for that and then um also uh make sure to 
give us a, a, a five-star rating on Apple, on Spotify, on Stitcher, whatever you're using to listen to this. It's- I want I want us to have so many five-star ratings that 24-7 sports and on three sports and ESPN and all these people think that we're a college athlete. We're top of the, we're top of the class. We're mm-hmm. the number one, uh, number one recruit in the nation for 2022. So uh, let's, let's make that happen, folks. Hell yeah, baby. And as while you're there, too, go show our mans, J.D. Masters and Buddha, our intro-outro song, Man of the Mirror, some love, YouTube, SoundCloud, anywhere you stream our podcast, like Spotify, Apple, Google, you'll find them there as well. Folks, it's been fun. It's been real. It's been down and out. And until next time, Arriva Derchi. Later. Where's this bastard? Cool like ice, big slam, pop like medicine That isn't really yours, but you take it with your friends Cool, calm, collected, but I love to act hectic Sitting in the corner in the dark like Riddick With the notepad out, thinking about lyrics I ignored your story cause I didn't wanna hear it Bitch, did you ever really catch a switch? Where I went from rock to Buddha, caught the vibe like a fish Assist like white chocolate, handing out a dish If the devil shows up, then my soul, he just wish I might accept the offer cause I wanna grind like cars and give the trophies to my mama Make him sweat like a sauna, cause act like I can't Then I'ma spit like a llama, take your girlfriend out And give a Balenciaga, so check me out Fill me up and watch me bounce Cause the new man in the mirror is looking like a mouse Switch places, change faces, now Buddha runs a house Trust hip-hop more than bitches, so I'ma take her as a spouse Or at least a concubine If in front of my God feel divine I'ma grab it like a shield and I'ma make it shine Cause when I'm polished, I'll abolish if you cross the line That's how I am feeling Keep growing like a giant, go through the ceiling Man in the mirror, doubled up, now you all the fuck We go again, but when we stop blazing Boom, boom, pow, pow, what you gonna do now? Especially when I bring the energy like it's a powwow Besides, find a man, paint your face, cause you a damn clown Look around, only one that isn't on my wagon now The name is Buddha, bitch Look around, only one that isn't on my wagon now.